Welcome to the I-24 News Podcast, Synagogue and State. I'm your host, Mike Wagenheim. We appreciate you joining us. Joined today from the White House Press Room by Dr. Anthony Harper. He's the editor and publisher of Intermountain Christian News, an expert on evangelical Christian political affairs, frequent visitor to Washington and to Israel, where he also reports from the Israeli parliament, the Knesset, along with the prime minister's office. So glad to have you with us today. Dr. Harper. Oh, thank you, uh, Mike, for having me. I want to talk to you about a number of issues today, but foremost among them, the topic of conversation, it seems, every day, every hour, every minute. U.S. President Donald Trump uh, utilizing a number of uh, maneuvers to ingratiate himself to the evangelical community, whether they be on the home front or uh, in foreign policy, specifically related to Israel as we head toward the next election, it seems like we've been on the election campaign for quite some time now, but as we head toward November 2020, give me a, a status, a state of the union, if you would, as to the relationship between President Donald Trump and the evangelical Christian community. Yeah, uh, most, of my, most of my responses are uh, very supportive. There's a lot of prayer for President Trump. Uh, National Day of Prayer is a very large organization, a lot of evangelicals are, are participating in and uh, they're seriously in prayer for president trump so they're they're very supportive of him uh, in general uh, I, I do hear a few complaints every once in a while but uh you know i, I think it's uh, you know the, ba- the 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 foundational issue for uh, many evangelicals is the uh, concern about uh, hypocrisy i know i know uh, president trump is not perfect none of us are perfect uh but uh you know they, they see the democratic party uh, being in opposition to Judeo and Christian values. And I think that is the foundational issue to address, not the other side issues about whether President Trump is perfect or not, because those that are criticizing him aren't perfect themselves either. I want to talk to you about the um, the American-Israeli relationship and uh, Donald Trump uh, just a few weeks ago through his Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, announcing certainly a more lenient view uh, of U.S. policy toward the expansion and legality of uh, Jewish settlements within Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, uh, again, amongst a number of uh, policy measures and uh, uh, announcements in the last few years that certainly were seen as pro-Israel, including the moving of the embassy and the recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital, recognition of Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights, and uh, this latest uh, policy decision as well coming from Secretary Pompeo, another member of the Christian evangelical community. Does President Trump feel, I guess, the need, in your view, to keep making these policy pronouncements in order to shore up more, more and more support? And what's left on the checklist, if that's the case? Well, I think the big thing that, that is left, and uh, I've heard this comment from CPAC, uh, it's a Christian organization uh, in support of Israel, but uh, you know, they really want uh, President Trump to, uh, in light of his honoring Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights, to honor Israel's sovereignty over the West Bank and I mean, Judea and Samaria specifically. Uh, Judea and Samaria being the heartland uh, of Israel. And, uh, you know, this this really, I'm hoping, and many evangelical Christians are, that will happen very soon, that President Trump will honor that sovereignty over those areas as well. And it is encouraging for a lot of evangelicals that, uh, you know, in, in support of the expansion, really this is, for many evangelicals, this is, Israel's territory. This is Israel's land. It is. It's not Palestine anymore. And uh, for those that don't understand history very well, uh, this was a 
it's a derogatory term that uh, the Roman Caesar made for that area, calling it Palestine. But it wasn't Palestine before that. that we know historically this is Israel and their right to the land. So uh, many evangelicals are they're so excited about these advances, uh, Mike, uh, for uh, Mike Pompeo, the president. They are so pleased. And uh, I think uh, they're, they're doing, doing great uh, many perspective. Uh, and continue, for them to continue to make these announcements is a good thing. Is there any feeling in the evangelical Christian community, even though they're pleased, obviously, with President Trump's uh, pro-Israel uh, policies and pronouncements, that there is some possible use of him using the evangelical Christian community in, in pursuits of his political goals? Keep in mind, this is a president that really did not have much of an affinity or record at all, good or bad, on Israel uh, before he ran for president in, uh, in 2016. He quickly learned that he would uh, require support of the evangelical Christian community in order to uh, to compete in the 2016 election. Is there any concern that the president is not necessarily a true believer in anything that he's doing in terms of Israel, but is using it to his political ends? Well, I know that that has been a concern of some, but, uh, you know, clearly his behavior is showing uh, his uh, love for Israel uh, of uh, evangelical Christian concerns, uh, even Orthodox Jewish concerns, you know, uh, there is no other president uh, in our modern history that has been so supportive of Israel. Dr. Dobson, Dr. James Dobson, made the reference to President Trump as a baby Christian. Yeah, I've kind of heard that theory uh, before that uh, the president is uh, kind of growing into that role as he goes. I want to talk to you, though, about one of the president's uh, friends, apparently, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel, who's on the ropes right now politically. His affinity for the evangelical Christian community is well documented and goes back decades, even uh, prior to the administration of U.S. President Bill Clinton. So that groundwork was laid a long time ago. He obviously has much support in the evangelical Christian community, but if the prime minister is, in fact, on his way out, what happens? Is, is the evangelical Christian community support for the prime minister, or is it really truly for Israel as as they contend, what's the story? Well, you know, they're very, that uh, I see, uh, they're very supportive of uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. And, and like we, what you pointed out is so crucial. It, it's about the support of Israel. It, it doesn't matter whether wh who, which prime minister it is. It's just a matter whether that prime minister is really supportive of Israel and the security interests and the rights of Israel to their land. Uh, you know, Prime Minister, I've mentioned this before, uh, uh, many times about uh, his political problems, very similar to uh, President Trump's problems. Uh, you know, I've heard President, uh, actually Prime Minister uh, Netanyahu referred to uh, well, his experience as a witch hunt as well. Dr. Harper, I want to talk to you about the Christian community in Israel. Numbers about 200,000, most of them Arab Christians, but uh, other walks of life certainly included in that count. And there have been some disagreements between the Israeli government and the uh, Christian community in matters of uh, taxes, matters of church and state, certainly. Uh, with, with the evangelical Christian community being so supportive of the Israeli government, sometimes that comes at the expense of the, the Christian population uh, within the Holy Land. What is, is the view of the American evangelical community and you in terms of uh, whose side to be on when these disputes arise? Well, I, I think uh, one, uh, one issue to uh, inject in this uh, concern is uh, I heard here in the U.S. about wondering what uh, 
you know, the treatment of Messianic uh, Jews there. Uh, uh, many evangelicals in America are so supportive of Messianic Jewish people. And uh, this is a hot issue I know in Israel amongst the ultra-Orthodox uh, there. And, um, yeah, this, this is very, very important issues to deal with, very crucial issues to deal with uh, and about the, the Christian uh, support of Israel, what's happening in Israel uh, for uh, Christians there, whether they're Messianic uh, uh, believers or not. Uh, there are many probably uh, Jewish people uh, that might be afraid to say that they believe in Yeshua as Messiah. Uh, but, um, you know, back again to the evangelical support of Israel remains very strong and uh, will continue because we have a verse in, in the Old Testament in Genesis that says there are blessings those who bless Israel and those that curse Israel will be cursed. And uh, there really are blessings by blessing Israel. The many evangelicals that, that, that I'm aware of uh, that would, would not support uh, in any way um, uh, causing problems or, or hurting Israel in a sense. Uh, you know, they're very supportive. They will continue to be supportive. Uh, and, and they are in serious prayer for Israel, Mike, uh, for the prime minister, president of Israel, the, uh, the Knesset, uh, all the people in Israel uh, can, can know that they're, uh, many millions of people, uh, Christians uh, in America, praying for them on a regular basis for God's protection over Israel. And I don't think it's really been talked about really much in the media. And as far as uh, Israel's protection, uh, many, many would see, evangelicals would see that there is protection for Israel more regarding terrorism uh, found in what, uh, the, what the God of Israel tells Solomon in Second Chronicles 7.14, the, the key verse of the National Day of Prayer that they they referred to, and this is uh, God of Israel's answer to Solomon, praying for wisdom, what would bring healing in Israel. And for, for our listeners, the, that uh, very important verse, uh, National Day of Prayer promotes, is uh, this is the way it goes. Uh, the God of Israel tells Solomon, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. Talk to you a little bit about the, the politicians themselves here, because we've seen, um, obviously, probably the worst it's been in America, and the split between right and left, Republican and Democrat, and it, in terms of cultural issues, religious issues, it seems to get worse by the day. And yet, generally speaking, and there are some outliers on the left, on the far left, there's no doubt about that, but generally speaking, the Democratic Party still uh, remains largely uh, supportive of Israel, and we saw several at the side of uh, Donald Trump just last week when he signed uh, an executive order uh, that's intended to protect uh, Jews on campus uh, in America, and uh, as a result, uh, to try to eliminate some of the anti-Israel that turns quickly into anti-Semitic rhetoric on campus colleges um, within America as well. So, why is there such an enormous split when you turn when you talk strictly about Israel, not other cultural issues, not issues like abortion, but strictly about Israel? And the Democratic Party still remains largely, not always, not every member, but largely supportive of Israel. Why this humongous split in where the evangelicals place their support in terms of Repu uh, Republican versus Democrat? You know, I, I think uh, related to this issue, Mike, is this. Uh... It's called uh, replacement theology. You know, there are people in, in the churches that don't see Israel as valid anymore. That's a serious threat. Uh, 
and I've heard many evangelical of my of my friends that talk about this as being a false teaching. Uh, you know, Israel does exist; it is legitimate, legitimate, and it has a right to exist. And uh, I find it very disturbing that there are more and more that are giving into this uh, false uh, belief, uh, this teaching that uh, there's no need for Israel any longer. And uh, but I am very encouraged, Mike, though, that uh, many of the Dem in the Democrat Party are supportive of Israel. And uh, I don't know how long that will continue. What what would make it in your eyes not continue? Well, I, I think, you know, regarding this uh, two state idea, uh, it's a very serious uh, his concerns brought up to by a lot of people. Uh, so, um, you know, if uh, President Trump would uh, throw out permanently this idea of two state and just get fully supportive of, like I said, uh, Israel's sovereignty over Judea and Samaria. I think that could cause the Democrats, uh, the ones uh, in the Democrat Party, to uh, reconsider their position and they may even drop away. We, you, you mentioned earlier, very briefly, early in the interview today, about uh, some issues that the evangelical community has with the president. And one of those uh, reared its head about a couple of months ago with the president's decision to withdraw American forces from Syria and leave the Kurds exposed there to yes. Turkish attack. Obviously, uh, evangelicals have been quite supportive of the Kurds, as has the Israeli government and, and in general, Israeli uh, citizens. Has there been any any fallout from that, that particular decision? Uh, it, uh, there, there was uh, initially, but I don't see uh, any, any, any really permanent uh, fallout here, any serious uh, for, for President Trump. Uh, I think that has been rectified, uh, Mike, uh, with his rethinking that issue in support of the Kurds. Uh, but it was really strange at first, uh, you know, for him, uh, for many evangelicals to, to see President Trump pull out and then to reconsider and then get back in. I mean, that uh, that was disturbing. And uh, our, uh, our concerns as evangelicals is, uh, you know, uh, that we should be very faithful to the Kurds and their and their fight against ISIS and not abandon them. You know, it re reminds me of the Kurds being abandoned before by a previous president. Yeah, the Kurds uh, certainly uh, become a uh, hot potato issue in in global diplomacy and foreign policy, uh, both vis-a-vis -vis America and uh, Israel. Um, but uh, again, uh, the president uh, rethinking his particular stance on that issue, and it, it looks like though not all is forgiven. But at least the um, the Kurds are, are protected again for the time being. Um, some of the, the other questions evangelicals have for the president going into 2020, what would they be? Okay, well, uh, regarding Israel, um, they, yeah. they need to they continue to be concerned about what his stance is about, uh, you know, Judea and Samaria, about, uh, and I think about the UNRWA issue we've talked about, I think, before. I mentioned it in the, some other media uh, stories about, uh, you know, the funding of UNRWA. What, what is President Trump going to do or what, what influence can he have to discourage other countries uh, from supporting UNRWA? Uh, for those that haven't uh, been aware of UNRWA, which stands for the United Nations Relief Workers Agencies, and the, the hateful curriculum in their schools towards the Jews. And uh, so that would be an issue that could be done by UNRWA. And, uh, I think the issue of the Jewish cemetery desecration, we heard in the news last week that French President Macron talked about a Jewish cemetery that was being desecrated with a swastika. 
And uh, we have this, uh, this uh, conference uh, coming up in Jerusalem January 23rd at Yad Vashem about uh, fighting anti-Semitism and re uh, the Holocaust remembrance of what, uh, what the Jews went through. So I think for big, a lot of evangelical Christians, is uh, their uh, President Trump's continue to support uh, this, uh, you know, this anti-Semitic, these anti-Semitic actions that are happening in Lithuania, uh, even more so, a more prominent Jewish, uh, uh, Jewish cemetery, very historical Jewish cemetery in Vilnius, Lithuania, and Lithuanian officials are, uh, many would say, guilty of anti-Semitism because they want to uh, put a sewer line through this Jewish cemetery and build an entertainment business park, and that is very insensitive and uh, very disgraceful. And uh, so they would want President Trump to clearly address this, uh, the Jewish cemetery desecration and our Christian and Jewish freedoms uh, more uh, here in America and around the world. You mentioned uh, religious freedom and uh, the president has made it a staple of his policy to implement uh, religious uh, freedom initiatives. I even saw the appointment of uh, Ambassador uh, Sam Brownback uh, to the uh, Religious Freedom uh, Post within the uh, the State Department, and he's had some effect on some things. But we also see, you know, items like the, the Trump's uh, praise of leaders like Kim Jong Un, uh, the, the the praise that has been bestowed among a despotic leader there in in North Korea, who's among one of the worst persecutors of Christians in the world. Is there any sentiment among evangelicals that, in support of, of political initiatives, that sometimes the president doesn't really realize the impact that he's having, the negative impact sometimes on, on the Christian community mm -hmm. in, in places mm -hmm. other than Israel? Yeah, that's a very serious concern, Mike. Uh, a lot of evangelicals are really concerned about President Trump's not being strong enough on protecting those religious freedoms of Christians. Like in the case of China, you mentioned, you know, not uh, making it uh, like uh, conditional, you know, to expand uh, our trade agreement with China without addressing the persecutions of Christians that are there. Uh, that, that is a very uh, disappointing I, by many evangelicals that uh, President Trump didn't make that a conditional thing in, in this deal with China or North Korea. Uh, as you mentioned, there's, a lot of, there's been a lot of persecution of Christian people in North Korea, and uh, it shouldn't be tolerated. And, and uh, I think many evangelicals you know, are concerned about uh, this issue and, and the question of why uh, he didn't make that a conditional uh, in, in as far as in relationships with those two countries. One of the, the Christian community's uh, priorities in terms of uh, Jews is to encourage immigration to Israel. And this has to do with the, the biblical uh, notion that the, uh, the ingathering of the Jews come from all four corners yeah. of the globe uh, will lead to, depending on which religion uh, you subscribe to, uh, the, the end times, the coming of the Messiah, what have you. So while the Christian community and evangelicals specifically are trying to encourage Jewish immigration to Israel, we also see the Christian population growing in Israel. And it's the only place in the Middle East where the Christian population is actually growing. We're seeing more influence of the Christian community uh, within Israel, not just on the Arab side. Uh, we saw recently a, a member of the Christian community become a lieutenant colonel in the IDF. Um, very promising, I would presume. But is there a movement as well? to encourage more Christian immigration to, to Israel and the Holy Land as a whole? Um, well, Mike, uh, I wasn't really uh, 
familiar enough as, as, as I should be regarding the immigration laws uh, in Israel. Um, I have heard concerns from evangelicals about the application process uh, in Israel and, uh, you know, the, the fear if, if they would let, uh, let people know, the officials in Israel know that they are a believer in Yeshua. Uh, so I, I, I don't know exactly, you might, you're more familiar with that policy, uh, but uh, it, it is encouraged for, very encouraging to have uh, more Christians uh, there in the Middle East as the Prime Minister and President of Israel made it very clear that Christians have more protection, uh, more freedoms in Israel than any other Middle East country. And along with that, Mike, is um, also the concern about the, the Bible block party in the Knesset. Uh, when we have increased Christian population in Israel, uh, about what their representation is going to be in the Knesset. We, uh, do we have, Mike, a, a uh, current Knesset member that is uh, uh, from the Christian background, uh, not in the Arab community, but uh, in the mainstream Israel? No, there, there's one uh, Christian member of the Israeli parliament, the Knesset, right now, and she is a uh, parliamentarian for the um, for one of the Arab parties. Uh, she's an Arab yes. Christian. There's only been a couple handful of, uh, of Christians that have served in the Israeli parliament. Most, though not all, but I think the majority have served for Zionist parties. However, again, you're only talking about maybe eight, nine, ten Christian members tops uh, that have served historically. Um, in the Israeli parliament. So it's certainly not a, a commonplace and definitely not within any of the uh, mainstream parties is it commonplace. Um, but you mentioned that that Bible block uh, party, which is not well known. Uh, I can say this as a former Israeli resident, not well known um, within, you know, general uh, political uh, circles in Israel. But you've brought it up before, at least to me, and, and you think maybe there could be a push for this block to have more influence. And one of the good things about Israeli politics is you don't need to be a party within the parliament itself in order to have influence. We've seen that in recent elections where parties that did not cross the mandatory threshold to enter the parliament mm -hmm. still was, were able to influence the political process in other ways. But what, what would this Bible block bring bring to the parliament and bring to the Christian community? Well, it would really, uh, really uh, thrill and very excite the evangelicals uh, here in America, Mike to see this Bible block party take off, uh, you know, to have more Christian representation. They're di very disturbed, though, about the, uh, the Knesset members that, uh, that, are, that are Muslims there, that Muslims uh, have more an influence in the Knesset than Christians do, and they're, they're very concerned about that. They should say that it should be the opposite. Uh, they, many of the evangelicals don't want... Uh, uh, for the Knesset to have Muslims in leadership, they want to have Christians there instead. So, um, you know, that's a, it's a really hot issue, uh, Mike, uh, for evangelicals, you know, about the makeup of the Knesset. Uh, we, we hear the statements from the Prime Minister and President of Israel that this is a, uh, this is a Jewish state. So, um, and I've also heard comments about uh, being very tolerant, uh, you know, uh, of uh, you know people of many faiths that are living there in Israel, but um, a very uh, interesting development. We're going to see how this plays out in this, this election year. But uh, I wanted to mention about President Trump. It's, it's unlikely that he will lose any significant uh, uh, of the evangelical vote because they see that President Trump is the only candidate that can uh, defeat the uh, Democrat agenda. 
Well, you mentioned it's an election year coming up in America. It's an election year seemingly every year in Israel. <laughs> One of the amazing yes. things about yes. the current political landscape. That is all the time we have, unfortunately, Dr. Harper. I want to thank you for taking uh, time out of your day at the White House Press Room to join us here on uh, Synagogue in State. We appreciate your time and your insight on the evangelical uh, view on the Israeli-American relationship, uh, specifically uh, politically. We encourage our uh, listeners to go to imcnews.org, Intermountain Christian News. That's uh, where Dr. Harper is both the editor, publisher, and White House correspondent. Again, that's imcnews.org for all the latest news coming out of the evangelical community. Also, check out Dr. Harper's YouTube page, Anthony Harper. Look for it on YouTube. Interviews there featured with uh, White House Deputy Secretary Hogan Gidley, among many others. Again, thanks for your time, Dr. Harper. Happy New Year. Thanks so much, Dr. Harper. You have been listening to the I-24 News Podcast, Synagogue and State. Be well.